Well, I just want to back up. I want to relax. I get so excited about sharing about Holy Spirit. We, every one of us that are up here sharing throughout this, this month could speak for hours on the Holy Spirit and have and teach on the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, it's just such an honor to speak about someone who has such, so impacted who we are that Jesus sent to impact our world and our lives and our walk and everything. And I just, I, there's times I think, man, we can't get it all out, you know, but I'm just going to share things from my heart with you tonight and we'll go as long as we, we can go. I only have two hours with you tonight. So, oh, just kidding. Just kidding. But, you know, uh, again, we could share about Holy Spirit and the operation of Holy Spirit for hours. And, you know, Paul, when he was speaking to the Corinthians, he said, when he's talking about gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, he said, I would not have you ignorant. Now, how many of you know that Paul wasn't just saying that out of himself? He, he was saying as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit, the word that we read is inspired by Holy Spirit. And if the Lord didn't want them ignorant, he doesn't want us ignorant, right? And he said, I would not have you ignorant and began to teach them about how Holy Spirit operates. And I've, I've come to find out that as we gather together, there are different levels of ignorance. <laughs> and, and listen, you know, when I was young, for someone to call you ignorant, that's fighting words. And I come to realize, yeah, I'm ignorant about a lot of things. It just means I don't know, right? It just means I don't know. And I've, I've discovered that there's a lot of areas that you and I, we have an unknowing, an ignorance to our life. I mean, we don't want to just know that Holy Spirit exists. We want to know how he operates. We want to know how he works. And I, so I'll be sharing some of those experiences with you tonight in my life. And any of the experiences that you have uh, with Holy Spirit needs to line up with the Word of God. Go in there and say, Lord, show me about this. Uh, and I had to ask the Lord, okay, what have I gotten hold of here? Or what has gotten hold of me? So I've endeavored to follow the Lord all these years, discovering about what he did in my life. And, and I'm so honored to share with you tonight. But I'm gonna, we're going to go to John, the 16th chapter tonight. And I want to share some things with you uh, about Holy Spirit. And, and where's the, a better place to go than what Jesus says about Holy Spirit? Now, again, you know, if this is all new to you, Pastor Terry spoke last week about the different baptisms. You know, you read in Ephesians where it talks about there's one Lord, one faith, one God, one baptism. And then people have built a doctrine, doctrines around that there's only one baptism. But when you read in Hebrews, it talks about there's a plural doctrine of baptisms, plural. So Pastor Terry shared a lot last week to bring some understanding about what happens to us uh, with the different levels of our our experience with God, our salvation experience, and in our walk with God, and, and also being filled with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I, there's a lot of questions that you might ask that, well, you know, I thought I got it all when I got, got saved. I, I thought I got it all. And so those are, they're viable questions. You need to answer that. And the Word has all the answers that you need. They're all in the Word of God. And I'm, I'm believing that you'll have ears to hear and hear what God would say to you, what he would reveal to you. How many of you, now just tell me, how many of you are sitting here tonight and you're saying, I'm going to get something tonight? Yeah. Well, praise God. Now, the rest of you, I'll be praying for, you know. <laughs> Listen, if you come with an attitude, I'm going to get something, Holy Spirit will get it across to you whether I say it or not. So, you know, if you have that attitude, you're going to go away saying, man, he was good tonight, wasn't he? <laughs> well, it's all the Holy Ghost. He's here to bless you. He's here to guide you and, and, and instruct you. Oh, praise God. Well, let's go over there. Okay, let's go over to John, the 16th chapter. I'm going to read several verses here and, and just see what the Lord would say to us. 
Jesus started saying, all this I have told you so that you will not fall away. Now, he's talking about the challenges of the world and that they were facing the challenges of the world and people who actually hated Jesus. But he said here, he said, all of this I'm telling you so that you'll not fall away. Now, you and I need to lay hold of the realities of God and stay in, engaged and involved. And then even when times get hard and you don't understand, you still trust God, right? Trust God with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, Proverbs 3, 5. So you've got to trust God in it all. And he said, not fall away. Now, the different verses, I mean, the different translations, the King James, was, he said, I'm telling you this so you don't become offended. Uh, the new King James made to stumble. And the New Living Translation is to not abandon your faith. So, man, you need to stay encouraged. You need to stay connected. Stay engaged with God that you don't fall away because any and all of us could. Right? I mean, we need to stay engaged and say, Lord, I'm all in every day. I'm all in. Never take for granted what we have in God and stay connected. And he said, they, they talking about the world, they will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time's coming when... Anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They'll do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I've told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. And now I'm going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. Now look at verse 7. But... Very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. And the King James says, it's expedient for you. It's better for you for me to leave than me to stay. Now, you know, that probably just went haywire, tilt in their brains. Now, how in the world could that be? He said, it's better for you. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. Again, you read different translations, and they'll say different The King James says, comforter. Others say, you know, advocate. But, you know, the Greek there, the word in the Greek is paraclete, when the, the translation of that is comforter and intercessor. Now think about that. It's almost like a twofold facet of that word in the Greek paraclete that he's a comforter. He's a comforter to you, but also a comforter through you. But I want you to think about that. It says that the Holy Spirit is an intercessor. I, we could stop right here for a whole hour and thinking about that. He's an intercessor. Have you, ever, have you ever tagged those people or saw those people that would say, well, they're intercessors? Well, what do you mean by that? They can pray over a minute. <laughs> they can go on and on and on and they can pray and they get passionate and they're all in. And, and the rest of us are saying, man, I just, Lord, I just want to drop mine. You know, my petition before the Lord, I want to drop it in the drop box in the kingdom of heaven. And I don't have to stand there all day and explain it to, you know. Do you realize a minute is 60 seconds, pastor? (laughs) Well, I'd say maybe you need to understand you're you're not being an intercessor at this moment. But an intercessor is someone that stands in the gap. Someone that intercedes, someone that's praying. And intercessory, intercessory prayer is not always about asking God for something. It's giving God thanks, praising God. So Holy Spirit is an intercessor. We found out in 1 Corinthians 14 that sometimes when you're praying in tongues that you're giving thanks well, you're giving praise. So we found out, you know, praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, it says, also, sometimes it's just giving thanks to God. It's praising God. And in in verse 2 of 1 Corinthians 14, you're speaking secrets and mysteries to God. 
And the Holy Spirit is an intercessor. Well, that, listen, now, now think about that. I mean, it's just good to have soundness of mind, isn't it? Soundness of mind. He gave us a spirit of power, love, and a sound, clear-thinking mind. Sometimes you just have a little, little common sense, you know, when you talk about praying, you know. When you're talking about Holy Spirit, some of us think that it's a one-time experience. Uh, yeah, I spoke in tongues. I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I got tagged. I spoke in tongues. I've got it. But you haven't realized he's an intercessor. He's looking for someone he can intercede through to pray through, to utilize them in the kingdom for God's purpose, God's design, because he's an intercessor. He's waiting on you. (laughs) Hello. Well, see, again, we could speak on this for hours, just talking about the whole facet about speaking in tongues. It's exciting, but it's for a purpose. It's for a purpose. Okay, let's continue on, or I'm not going to get through with these 14 pages of notes. Verse 8, he said, now in verse 7, he said, uh, uh, he will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. We saw that on the day of Pentecost. Verse 8, <clears throat> when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. Listen. Holy Spirit will reveal to us about God. I don't want the world to dictate to me about God. I don't want to hear their ideas about the realities of God and what they think God is all. I want the Holy Spirit to reveal the Lord to me. And so he goes, he goes, he says that about sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. Listen, listen, he's going to the Father. When he's going to the Father, it's done. We are right standing with God. You stand right before God's presence. When God looks down at you, he sees you through Jesus Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You need to lay hold of that and hear Holy Spirit trying to tell you. He's trying to tell you, listen, you need to rise up, quit whining. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I mean, he's trying to show you what the world, the world's telling you, you're a heathen. You're a dog. You're nothing. Look at you. The devil is putting that in their minds. And he's, you see what I'm saying? Holy Spirit's trying to tell you who you are. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's done. He's seated at the right hand of God. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. We have a defeated foe. Satan is defeated. Jesus defeated and made a show of him openly. And Holy Spirit's trying to reveal that to you. That he is a defeated foe. Praise God for that. Holy Spirit's bringing that to our minds. Now look at verse 12. He said, listen, I I have much to say to you, more than you can now bear. More than you can now bear. I I don't want to stop that because my twisted humor kind of gets in the way there a little bit. uh, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He's trying to get you to where you can negotiate properly the future that's laid out ahead of you. What's ahead of you? He will show you things to come. This is talking about Holy Spirit in our life. He's speaking to you what the Lord is telling him. Oh, praise God. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known unto you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So the Holy Spirit, it's like he's the liaison between Christ Jesus and us. 
He's trying to get the body of Christ functioning properly. Don't you see how much we need Holy Spirit? He's trying to get you and I functioning properly in the body of Christ as we ought to. Some of us don't even know where we fit. <laughs> okay, everybody say, I love, I love Pastor Stan, and I mean it. Okay, that's good, okay. <laughs> I mean, some of us, you haven't even found out where you fit yet, but you fit somewhere. And the Holy Spirit will guide you into that place. You'll hear the Lord's voice speaking to you. Scripture in Psalms 34 tells us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, in March 30th, 1976, my wife Kathy and I, we knelt in our living room floor and we led my sister to the Lord. She received Jesus that evening as Christ in her heart was born again. A week later, her husband, like I always classified him as a self-made man, so capable, so able. He asked Jesus into his heart and their lives changed for eternity. And all of that happened because what happened two weeks previous? On March 23rd, 1976, we had, Kathy and I had something amazing happen to us. It was Holy Ghost. It was Jesus through Holy Spirit. I was filled with the Holy Spirit that night. That night and some friends, and listen, it was out of the four walls of the church. Someone invited us to come to their home, and I thought we'd go talk about football and all the stuff that I liked. And I thought, man, these guys really live this stuff. All they do is talk about God. And that night, I had an encounter with the Lord, had a supernatural healing. It's, I don't have time, we don't have time to go there. But that night, they told me, said, Stan, if you're going to do this, Kathy wanted to have a Bible study in our home. Because the week or two before that, she asked me, said, Stan, if you died tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? I said, I don't know. I really don't know. I was born again at 13, but I had no knowledge, no understanding. And so she wanted me to know the Lord. And, and she wanted to have a Bible study in our home. And, and so they told me, said, Stan, now if you're going to have this Bible study in your home, you're going to need the Holy Ghost. I said, okay, give him to me. I, I didn't know. I'd already, I had this healing and I was on cloud nine. I thought, God is real. He's amazing. This is, a, this is not a myth or a fable. And he said, you're going to need the Holy Ghost. I said, okay. I didn't have any denominational barriers. Anybody telling me that that wasn't real? I had no idea. But they said I could have it, so I got it. I stepped up, you know, to, uh, in line to get it. So, and that night too, Kathy prayed in a supernatural language that night as she was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Our lives changed that night, March 23rd, 1976. And all I wanted to do was follow Jesus. Always been good at it? No, but I've always wanted to follow the Lord Jesus. And you know, that night, that really happened. That really happened in our lives. That was history for us. We look back, that was history. History is always tied to an event or an object. Well, that night, the object was Holy Spirit. The event was we got filled with the Holy Ghost. It was awesome. It was exciting. It was life-changing. And once you've tasted of the goodness of the Lord, you know, nothing else satisfies. Now, someone had caught me March 22nd, 1976, and told me this Holy Ghost thing is of the devil. I might have believed it. I don't know. But I'd already tasted and seen that the Lord was good. And <clears throat> you guys, you can say however much you want about Holy Ghost not being real, but I done tasted and seen that he's real. Woo! Praise God. Amen. Yeah. And you know, 
Maybe this is all new to you. Maybe if you're tuning in online, it's all new to you and said, oh, man, you're like those guys in Acts 19 chapters that we don't know there'll be a Holy Ghost. What are you talking about? You know, it may be all new to you, but man, it's an exciting invention for us to share this with you as sharing the treasure of our heart with you. To step into this, what God has for you, the things that Pastor Terry was saying last week, you can have it. If God would do it for us, he'd certainly do it for you. Amen. Amen. But you have to taste. You have to taste and see. My, my sister-in-law, Kim, uh, is she in here tonight? Would I embarrass her? But anyway, my sister-in-law, Kim, there she is. They done pointed her out. Uh, anyway, she just told us the other this week, said, man, we just all need to let loose. Just turn loose. Just, just turn loose and receive. I told her, I'm going to capture that one. That's mine. I might even title my sermon, Turn Loose or something like that. <laughs> But listen, really, we need to just let loose and trust God and step into what God has. Step into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit. Say, God, I don't understand. And listen, the night that I received it, even though I said, okay, give it to me, my knees were shaking. My knees were clattering. Even for a bow-legged man, that's pretty radical. But I was ready to get it. You know, I wanted to receive what God had because I'd never been here before. I, this was new turf for me, new territory, but it was exciting and I stepped up and said, I want to receive. And maybe that's you tonight. You need to receive what the Lord has for you. Now go to 1 Peter, the first chapter. Let's look at verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, now we live with great expectation. Now, see, that was the word that the Lord spoke into my heart uh, early on. We were talking about sharing about Holy Spirit. Expectation dropped into my heart. It's like, man, what does that mean? Uh, we should be walking in great expectation. Not, not when we pray, just praying in hope. Well, I hope it works. No, pray expecting something to happen. How do we get there, Lord? How do we get to where we're expecting our prayers to be answered? For God to hear our prayers and, and, and our prayers to be answered expectation that this Holy Spirit is, is for me. Now, as you go through this, and especially if you're really new at this, you need to answer these three questions. And you're probably already asking it. Number one, is this for real? Is this real? Is it substantiated in Scripture, what they're talking about, this Holy Spirit? Is it real, what they're talking about, something other than my salvation experience? Is it real? The second question that you need to ask is, is it for today? Or did it pass away? Did it pass away with the apostles? Hey, amen? Well, I'm here to tell you that if ignorance didn't pass away with the apostles, neither did wisdom. We can walk in the wisdom of God. Amen? So is it for today? But the most important question you need to ask and answer, Lord, is it for me? Is this for me? And once you answer that question to say, yes, Lord, I believe it's for me. You're on the road to expectation in your life. You're on the, on the road to expecting things to happen in your life. Not just hoping for, not just asking, but God, this is going to happen because you said so. So here I was at 13 years old. There was a little church down the street from us that, where I lived that it was there one day and gone the next. And they had, well, I know what they're having now. They're having a little revival of some sort. They'd opened up those, that little church building. It was so full of people. I bet there was 40 people in there. <laughs> it, it, to me, it was like a 1,000, you know. But I, I went in, and I was always out running around in the evenings, you know, in just a little small town out in West Texas. And I went into that little church and sat on the back 
pew, right in the corner seat next to the door, the exit, sit right there. I can't tell you what the preacher preached, but as soon as he got through preaching, he walked right down the aisle and looked straight at me and said, aren't you ready to receive? Oh, yes, yes. I mean, the Holy Spirit was drawing my heart. Went down to the, the altar, cried out to Jesus, didn't have the right words. It said, Jesus, help me. But I walked out of there different. The feeling I can explain is that I felt like I had come home. I felt like I had come home. But see, I didn't go to church after that. I, I didn't grow up. I wasn't discipled. I knew nothing about church life, knew nothing about living for the Lord. I never tried because I didn't know I was supposed to. Never tried, you know. Didn't know I was supposed to live for the Lord. That was an experience that I couldn't explain. But on March 23rd, 1976, when I got filled with the Spirit, that night something happened in my heart. There was a fire and a boldness that I had never felt before. I knew then. So that my whole walk with the Lord was empowered by the Holy Spirit. That night I can say that's when I started walking with Jesus. That was the night I started walking the Lord. I didn't just make him Savior. I made him Lord of my life. And that night I started walking with him. I was empowered by the Holy Spirit. He radically changed who I was. I never had the courage to speak to anybody about anything like that. And then have become a witness for him. I, I just didn't know anything else. I didn't know. I haven't known anything else. But I did after being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I mean, I lay hands on people and they'd be healed. People with cancer, people with blind eyes would see other eyes and legs grow out when I'd lift their legs. Just exciting things, but I was just so ignorant of things. I didn't know much about the scripture, didn't know anything else. But I, I knew there was a power at work on the inside of me. I didn't know anything else. But you know what I discovered? Not everybody was like that. What I began to see was this common theme among churches and church folk is, is to say, there's got to be something else. There's got to be something else. I can't tell you how many times I have heard that of church-going people. They get born again, and then they go through thinking they got everything together and walking the walk out, and then they come to a point and think, man, there's got to be something else to this walk. Well, I'm telling you the something else is a relationship with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you weren't here last week, get, get the, well, we don't do the CDs anymore, but go look online get the podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm over 60, but I'm figuring it out. <laughs> Download this stuff, you know, and listen to it. Pastor Terry really explained a lot last week that, you know, there's more to this walk than your salvation experience to being empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's all about a relationship, a relationship with Jesus and being filled with the Holy Spirit with power. And, and, and I never knew anything else. And I was looking back at the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost. There's probably 3,000 people that day that had the very same experience. You know, they were, when the, that day came, there were these 3,000 devout Jews that they came there to celebrate and remember God through history. But history was in the making right before their very eyes. Things were happening that day. It was so exciting. God was moving in such an amazing way and fulfilling prophecy. And he was revealing the mystery, the dispensation of grace right before their eyes. So exciting. History just being revealed, happening. This mystery that was hidden from all of the generations. And I think about all of that and, you know, the exciting things. And there's that, those 120 followers in the upper room got filled with the Holy Spirit, but they couldn't stay in the room. They couldn't stay within the four walls. 
Man, when you get the Holy Ghost in your life, you can't stay set. Come on, man. You say, I done found God. He's real. This is exciting. I got to tell you, I have found a treasure, and I want to share that with you. Boy, that's all I want to do when I got, gave my life to the Lord. Man, I, 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 I wanted to tell all my friends. I had so much zeal. Man, I had a job where I was driving out. I was traveling a lot. I'd get somebody in my truck running 80 miles down the road, and they ain't going to jump out. I'm going to tell them about the Lord, you know? So it's a treasure that we have. It's so exciting. And here they were, filled with the Holy Spirit. You know the story. They were speaking in other languages, not unknown languages, but other languages. But they didn't, they didn't stay in the upper room. They, they came out and they came in the streets. And these devout Jews came running to see what happened. I mean, they were seeing something unfold right before their eyes. It was the very thing that 1 Corinthians, over there Paul was telling them in Corinthians, that tongues for a sign to the unbelievers. Well, see, they were classified as unbelievers at that time. They, they were believing in the Messiah to come one day, and they were looking back at how much God had moved, but they were unbelievers at that point of what Jesus was doing. And these tongues, these other languages, was a sign to them. And then Peter, of course, stepped up and began to explain. He began to prophesy. And that was so exciting. I think about Peter. It's so cool to see what happened to him. He began to prophesy there in the 21st verse. He said, listen, you need to repent. Or verse 38 and 39, you need to repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. And said, this Holy Spirit is to you, it's to your children, and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Now see, that was a prophetic word. He didn't even realize the depth of what he was saying. Now think about this. There's times that you operate in the Holy Spirit. There are things that you hear, maybe that go through you and say, you just got to hang on and say, God explained it all because I don't know the depth of it. He'll, he'll do more than what you can imagine. See, what I mean by that, he said, it's to all who are from afar off. He's probably just thinking Jews. But remember, Peter was the one that God gave a vision to go to the Gentiles, the house of Cornelius, the Roman centurion, and that ushered in historical event as well, what we often call the Gentile day of Pentecost. Are y'all with me? He saw that vision let down by the four corners, and, and, and he was, God was setting him up to go minister to the Gentiles. Well, see, it was fulfillment of this, this scripture. What you're seeing today is for anybody that would call on the name of the Lord. Anyone that the Lord would draw in, <coughs> praise God, that's you and I, even today. So listen, these, I, I figure those 3,000, what made me think about Peter that day standing up with those devout Jews, he's what he's telling them, boys, he said, boys, if you're going to walk with the Lord, what you need is the Holy Ghost. And I can see them saying, okay, give him to me, you know, <laughs> just like I did on that very night. I thought that was the Spirit of the Lord. I can see them saying, y'all need the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah, we got it. There's no telling how many more spoke in other tongues that day. Filled with the Holy Spirit. 3,000 people giving their life to Jesus that day. They saw that he was real, saw that it was for that day, and saw that it was for them. Is that what you're seeing today, I hope? So these are not just stories, man. They, these really happen. Now, the reason I mention history so much in, in visiting with you today, man, I'm almost out of time. Uh, so is that there's this quote. I love listening to the wisdom in some of the post, the Christian people in the past that have, uh, they, we read their quotes. This is Winston Churchill. He said, history will be kind to me for I intend to write it. What is your history going to say? 
What, what does the, your history up to this point say? What will it down the road, will you be able to look back and say, history will be kind to me because I intend to write it. I intend to step up and receive all that God has for me. I intend to let go, turn loose, and trust the Lord and receive all that He has for me. Oh, praise God. Listen, I've got to tell you, if anything good happens in your life, it's of God. Holy Ghost is right in the middle of it. Holy Spirit's right in the middle of it. Those guys that day, their choices and their steps of faith wrote a history of eternal life and redemption into their own personal story. They saw it. They heard it. They responded. They chose and they received it. That will be your steps as well. Is it real? Is it for today? And is it for me? History is still unfolding right before our eyes. I met that young lady in May of 1975. She loved the Lord, got filled with the Holy Spirit. Now that, that impact of the Holy Spirit coming into her life and into my life, my children live for the Lord, they love the Lord, and through so many lives, generationally, generationally have been impacted. You maybe say, man, I've never heard anything like this before. You can be the start of a new generation. You can rewrite history into your generation, into your life, your family. Can you see that? Oh, man. I, I, I don't think I can go the rest of it. <laughs> I want to talk to you about the proof. Isn't that what we're all looking for is proof? Well, we don't have time for that tonight, so it'll be, have to be another. <laughs> I love this. I love this. I, I mean, proof is something that has to be confirmed over and over, something that will confirm a theory or an assumption. And we need to talk about the proof of the Holy Spirit in our lives and what God's doing in our lives. Amen? Amen. And I'll, I'll share that with you maybe another time. Maybe in my life group next fall. Amen. See, the, the world's idea of proof is based on distorted reality. See, the world's idea of reality is not what is, but what one perceives it to be. They think because they think it, it's real. And so they think that, you know, if you look at proofs, Gravity, there's proofs that prove that gravity. I figured out that every time I jump off the roof, I hit the ground. <laughs> so I compensate for the reality of that and the proof of that reality. I compensate. I either put a mattress down there or I quit falling off the roof. <laughs> right? And when you, yeah, don't be going up there. That's a good one. That hurts when I do that. Don't do that. So, <laughs> well, I have so much fun. We get talking about the Lord, don't you? You know, so when you discover the reality, when you slow down and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in your spirit, he's the one that's confirming to you that you're a child of God. Yes. There's where the proof is. The world can't bring that proof. Holy Spirit brings that proof to you. If you slow your head down long enough and listen to your heart, you can discover that, hey, I am a child of God. I am a son and daughter of God. I am who God says I am. And then you compensate that, but you reckon yourself dead to sin. That's one way. You start stepping out into the things of God when you, co you compensate for the reality of the truth of who God is in your life. And you compensate by walking it out. Amen? Amen. 